Amen. Turn with me, please, in the Word of God to the New Testament, to the Acts of the Apostles, and to the chapter 12. The Acts of the Apostles and the chapter 12. Going to commence our reading here in the chapter at the first verse. And we are reading here of a prison scene. Acts chapter 12 and the verse 1. Now about that time, Herod the king stretched forth his hands to vex certain of the church. And he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. And because he saw it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to take Peter also. Then were the days of unleavened bread. And when he had apprehended him, he put him in prison and delivered him to four quaternions of soldiers to keep him, intending after Easter to bring him forth to the people. Peter therefore was kept in prison, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. And when Herod would have brought him forth, the same night Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains, and the keepers before the door kept the prison. And behold, the angel of the Lord came upon him, and the light shined in the prison, and he smote Peter on the side and raised him up, saying, Arise up quickly. And his chains fell off from his hands. And the angel said unto him, Gird thyself and bind on thy sandals. And so he did. And he saith unto him, Cast thy garment about thee and follow me. And he went out and followed him. And wist not that it was true which was done by the angel, but thought he saw a vision. When they were past the first and the second ward, they came on to the iron gate that leadeth on to the city, which opened to them of his own accord. And they went out and passed on through one street, and forthwith the angel departed from him. And when Peter was come to himself, he said, Now I know of a surety that the Lord hath sent his angel and hath delivered me out of the hand of Herod and from all the expectation of the people of the Jews. And when he had considered the thing, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark, where many were gathered together praying. And as Peter knocked at the door of the gate, a damsel came to hearken named Rhoda. And when she knew Peter's voice, she opened not the gate for gladness, but ran in and told how Peter stood before the gate. And they said unto her, Thou art mad. But she constantly affirmed that it was even so. Then said they, It is his angel. But Peter continued knocking, and when they had opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. But he, beckoning unto them with the hand to hold their peace, 
declared unto them how the Lord had brought him out of the prison. And he said, Go, show these things unto James and to the brethren. And he departed and went into another place. Amen. May the Lord add his own blessing to this public reading from his own precious and infallible word. Amen. Well, we're turning together to the portion of Scripture that we have read, uh, the book of the Acts and the chapter 12. The book of the Acts and the chapter 12, and I did announce this morning that I was bringing in the gospel a message from prison. And we find here in Acts chapter 12, it is one of the prison scenes of the Bible. And here concerning the apostle Peter, you could look at the words in verse 4, and it says of Herod, and when he had apprehended him, he put him in prison. He put him in prison. And then you look at the words in verse 5, it says, Peter therefore was kept in prison. He put him in prison, and he was kept in prison. And we think tonight about a message from prison. Let's just unite together in prayer. We'll ask the Lord for help as we come to consider his word together. Our Heavenly Father, we still our hearts before thee tonight, and we're conscious of our great need. And we acknowledge, O God, that of ourselves we are not sufficient for these things. But may we prove with the apostle of old that our sufficiency is of the Lord. And we pray, O God, that we would know that grace to help us in the ministry of thy word, and that each one tonight gathered would have grace to hear that word, not only with the outer ear, but, O Lord, may they hear with the inner ear of the heart. So, Lord, abide with us, we pray. Glorify thy name in and through us. We ask these things for Jesus' sake. Amen. Well, just recently I have been considering some of the prison scenes in the Bible. And I discovered that there are a good number of passages in the Bible that refer to the prison, occasions when the prison is mentioned in Scripture. Back in the book of Genesis and the chapter 39, you would recall about Joseph. And Joseph was one who was falsely accused by Potiphar's wife. And as a result of that, Joseph found himself in prison. And you can read of Joseph in prison, and it says, but the Lord was with him. Another occasion where we read in the Bible of a prison scene is in relation to Samson. And you remember how Samson would have backslidden from the Lord, and eventually he is taken by the Philistines. And in Judges chapter 16 and the verse 21, it tells us of the cruel treatment of Samson, that they put out his eyes. And then it says, and he did grind in the prison house. And so Samson would bring us to another 
prison scene in the Bible. You could think as well of men like Jeremiah, the prophet of the Lord. And on more than one occasion through the prophecy of Jeremiah, you would read of him being cast into prison and into the dungeon. You come into the New Testament scriptures and you could read of John the Baptist and Herod who put him into prison. And it was there from the prison that John sent two of his disciples to the Savior with a question. A question that we considered together quite recently. Art thou he that should come or do we look for another? Of course, John the Baptist would eventually be brought forth out of the prison to be beheaded. Another prison scene in the Bible. In Acts chapter 16, you would have Paul and Silas. They too were put into prison. In Acts chapter 15, it tells us that their feet uh, were held in the stalks, but at midnight, even though they had been cruelly treated and they had been beaten and they had been put into that dark prison cell, yet at midnight, it tells us that they sang praises unto the Lord and they prayed. The other prisoners heard them. And of course, the Lord did a great miracle there and delivered Paul and Silas out of the prison. Before us tonight in Acts chapter 12, it concerns Peter. And the apostle Peter is in prison, but not for the first time. You could go through the book of the Acts and you would find in chapter 4 that he was put into prison. You would find in chapter 5 that he was also put into prison again. And now in Acts chapter 12, for the third time, he finds himself incarcerated. And so all of these different occasions, and there are others in the Bible, but all of these different indications would relate to us that the Lord can speak to us through the prison scene. And whenever you think about the prison and the conditions and the circumstances within the prison, the Holy Spirit of God has included those details because there are spiritual lessons and there are spiritual truths that are conveyed to us by considering the prison. And so there's a message from the prison. For example, you could think about the captivity of the prison, the fact that the individual in prison is being held captive. And that's very easy to apply spiritually because the unsaved soul is one who is held captive by the devil. They are in bondage to sin, and there are so many who are trapped by sinful habits and they're held by sinful lifestyles. Romans chapter 6, verse 16, would speak of those who are servants of sin unto death. And so the very captivity of the prison reminds us of the captivity of the soul held in the grip of sin and Satan. 
And you could think about the darkness of the prison because so many times in those Bible scenes we find that the prison is associated with darkness. And in Isaiah chapter 42, and there in the verse 7, it reveals to us something of the work of the Lord and the gospel. And it says, to open the blind eyes, to bring out the prisoners from the prison, and them that sit in darkness out of the prison house. And so those who are held in the prison house are those who sit in darkness. Prison also conveys the thought of suffering and of the persecution of God's people. And you've only to go through the book of the Acts and you find how many times God's people are cast into prison. But there are spiritual lessons that could be applied positively from the prison whenever you think about that time of release, release from the prison. Now, that's what keeps the prisoner going, knowing that there's a day in the future that is going to be the day when they are set free, the day whenever they get out of the prison. You know, that's likened to the work of the Lord in the gospel and what he does in the salvation of the precious soul through the Savior's sacrifice and the shedding of his precious blood, he has paid the ransom. And he's paid the ransom for the soul to be set free. And you could say of the prisoner that has been released, they have been ransomed, they have been redeemed, they have been restored. So many lessons, so many messages from the prison. But tonight, just in the few moments that are left to us, I want us to consider Peter. Now, we all know tonight that Peter was soundly saved. Peter was a saved soul. And we know that the apostle Peter was being persecuted as he was put into prison. And we know that the church was praying for him and that prayer would be answered for him. But it's also possible to consider the Apostle Peter as a type of the unsaved soul. As he is in the prison, he becomes to us a picture of the unsaved soul, one who is held captive, but also one who is going to be released by the power of God. And that's what the Lord does in the salvation of the soul. He sets the captive free. And it's a great miracle by the power of God alone. And I want to just explore that thought for a moment or two together. A message from prison. You think about Peter here. There was the danger of Peter. Peter was in grave danger. At verse 4, and when he, that's Herod, had apprehended him, he put him in prison and delivered him to four quaternions of soldiers to keep him, intending after Easter to bring him forth to the people. Herod's plan was certainly to put Peter to death. He was going to execute Peter. Peter was facing here death 
Herod had already killed James, the brother of John, with the sword, and he saw how that had pleased the Jews. And so he then went forth and apprehended Peter, and he's keeping Peter, intending, intending to bring him forth as well. And the intention there of Herod was to do the same with Peter as he had done with James, and Peter therefore is in danger. And so when you think about Peter, he's held captive, he's in the prison house, and he's chained here. Verse 6 tells us that he was bound with two chains, and so the chains were upon his hands. And there is a spiritual picture there of the unsaved soul, that individual that is held, bound by Satan, and unable to free themselves. They're not able to break free in their own strength or in their own power. And their situation, humanly speaking, would seem hopeless. That's why man who's out of Christ is described as being lost. Hopelessly lost. Man who's in that estate of sin and misery. And who's held in the prison house of sin. And their sin binds them. Back there in Acts chapter 8, in reference to Simon the sorcerer, Peter was actually witnessing to him. And he was witnessing to him, knowing that his heart was not right in the sight of God. And he was encouraging Simon to repent of his sin. And then in chapter 8 and the verse 23, Peter said, For I perceive that thou art in the gall of bitterness, and in the bond of iniquity. You're bound by your iniquities. And what Peter was revealing to us there is that sin and iniquity binds individuals. And just as Peter is pictured there in the prison and he's shut into that prison cell and he's bound and he's chained and he's fettered, Reminds us of how sin binds individuals and sin holds those individuals in its grip. Sin and iniquity is a chain that binds us. And there are those who are under the power of sin. There are those who are servants and slaves to sin. And the longer they continue without the Lord Jesus Christ, then the greater uh, that sin binds them. And years can pass and they can become so hard and then their sin and the grip of the devil becomes all the tighter in their lives. Paul was writing to Titus in Titus 3 and the verse 3. He spoke about those who were serving diverse lusts chains, those divers' lusts. They remind us of the chains of sin. How many are chained up with those sinful habits? How many are chained with the vices of this world, the alcohol, the drugs, and the gambling, all the filth of this old world, and they're bound, and they're held fast, and they're facing death. That is eternal death. Eternal death and hell outside of Christ in danger of perishing. That's a sorry state. Heading for destruction. 
And while we see it through Peter here just by way of spiritual application, he is like he is like the spiritual condition of the sinner. And he's sleeping, sleeping through the danger. And many souls are like that tonight. They don't realize the danger that they're in and they're sleeping. They've been lulled to sleep by the devil. They stand in danger of perishing. All the while the church is praying. The church is praying for deliverance. Can you see here the message from the prison through the danger of Peter? But there's a message from the prison through Peter's deliverance. When you look at verse 7 of our Bible reading, it says, And behold, the angel of the Lord came upon him, and a light shined in the prison, and he smote Peter on the side and raised him up, saying, Arise up quickly, and his chains fell off from his hands. And here is a miraculous deliverance in answer to prayer. Oh, we would long to see that. We want to see that spiritually. Thank God for those who are faithful in the place of prayer to pray for those who are in need of deliverance, those who are in danger of perishing. And here in answer to prayer, there's a divine intervention here. Peter's deliverance. There are just three things there by way of detail that I want to mention concerning his deliverance. There's the light that shined in the prison. And the angel smote him on his side. And then there was the command to uh, arise up and to dress and to, to follow him. But the light shone. A light shined in the prison. And the light would represent to us the light of the gospel. That light would represent God's precious word. God's word is a lamp onto our feet. It's a light onto our path. And we would pray for the gospel light to shine. And we want the gospel light to shine into the prison. And we want the gospel light to shine into homes. And we want the gospel light to shine into hearts. The light shined. God's word. Psalm 119 and the verse 130 says, The entrance of thy word giveth light. The entrance. I looked up that word entrance. It has to do with an opening, like a doorway. It's the only time in the Bible that the word is used in that particular form. And it has to do with opening up like a doorway and an unfolding. And in our authorized version of the scriptures, it's put as the word entrance. And that's certainly a good way to describe it. It's the entrance of the word. It's a doorway that is opening up into the heart. And it's the darkened heart. And the light needs to shine in. The light of the gospel. To shine into darkened hearts. And here we see the light shined in the prison. And then the angel of the Lord smote Peter on the side and raised him up. You see, he was sleeping. He was sleeping. And he needed to be awakened. 
And isn't that like a picture of the lost soul? And they seem to be just going through life spiritually. They're sleeping. And they need to be awakened from that sleep of death lest they would perish. Here we can see the angel of the Lord has smote Peter. It's a picture to us of the Holy Spirit. And the work of the Holy Spirit in dealing with the sinner, the unconverted soul. Thank God, by the power of God, the Holy Spirit is able to come and to strive with that soul. Able to bring that soul under conviction of sin. Able to create that concern within their heart. Able to trouble their conscience. Maybe before they were, they were not disturbed in any way, but now it's different. It's different because the Holy Spirit of God has commenced to work on their heart. And they've been smitten by the Holy Spirit, prompted by the Holy Spirit. Like it was said of Saul of Tarsus, it is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And God the Holy Spirit has come, come alongside some soul and has smitten them and has awakened them. The light of the Word has shone in and the Holy Spirit of God has wakened that soul. Deliverance. Smote Peter on the side and said, rise up. The command, the command to Peter, arise up quickly. There's an urgency here, Peter. Well, you need to rise up, and again you can see in the gospel call there's an urgency for souls to rise up quickly and to come to Christ because there's danger and death and delay. Oh, that we would see such a deliverance and such a demonstration of divine power. And as Peter rose up, his chains fell off. His chains fell off. Oh, Peter could have objected to the command and said, I can't raise up my arms and hands from chained here. No, but he obeyed the command. And as he rose up, his chains came off. And that's the hymn we were singing by Charles Wesley. And by way of testimony, Charles Wesley said in verse 4 of that hymn, Long my imprisoned spirit lay, Fast bound in sin and nature's night, thine eye diffused the quickening ray. I woke the dungeon flamed with light. My chains fell off, my heart was free. I rose, went forth, and followed thee. What a testimony! Deliverance from the prison house of sin. Then I want you to see also from the prison, Peter's devotion. Peter's devotion. The end of verse 8, the command was, cast thy garment about thee and follow me. He's being called here to follow. And verse 9 it says, and he went out and followed him. And there's the devotion of Peter that's coming through. Oh, there's been a, a great intervention in his life. There has been this divine deliverance, but now you can trace the devotion, and devotion to the Lord is seen in obedience to the Lord. Follow me. 
And he went out and followed him. And he continues to follow. They get to the first ward of the prison. And he continues to follow. And they get to the second ward of the prison. And he continues to follow. And they come to the iron gate of the prison and he continues to follow and they get out into the street and he continues to follow. The devotion of Peter. There's a lesson there to the soul that gets saved. We want to follow the Lord. And follow the Lord with that heart of devotion to the Lord. For all that the Lord has done for us, may we with purpose of heart seek to follow him. Peter's devotion is further brought out there in the verse 12. And when he had considered the thing, and so Peter's now out of the prison and he realizes he's not dreaming. He knows that the Lord has delivered him and he's considering the whole thing. It says, and when he had considered the thing, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark, where many were gathered together praying. And as Peter considers it here, and he's thinking about God's people, and he knows they'll be praying for me. And so Peter, through devotion, he goes straight to the prayer meeting. And he turns up at the door of the prayer meeting. He wants to meet with God's people in the place of prayer. And there's the devotion of heart of one that has been delivered by the Lord. Peter, I had said, was in prison at least three occasions. And every time he was released, he went to be with God's people. Acts chapter 4, and then the verse 23 it says, and being let go, they went to their own company. Being let go, they went to their own company. They wanted to be with those of kindred spirit and of like precious faith, and therefore they went to be with God's people. And the soul that gets saved, the soul that's delivered by the power of God, they would want to be in the company of God's people. In Acts chapter 5, and there it's the verses 19 through to 21, it says, But the angel of the Lord by night opened the prison doors and brought them forth and said, Go stand and speak in the temple to the people all the words of this life. And when they heard that, they entered into the temple early in the morning and taught. And then again in Acts chapter 12, when Peter is released from the prison and he thinks about the matter, he says, I'm going to meet with God's people, going to the prayer meeting. You see, one who's delivered and rescued and saved, they want to show their devotion to the Lord by coming before the Lord in prayer. But one final thought tonight and that's the declaration of Peter. And Peter's declaration is summarized for us in verse 17 where we ended our Bible reading. 
And Peter has now eventually got into the house where they are. At first, they couldn't believe that it was him. And for that unbelief, they didn't open the door to Peter at the beginning. But in verse 17, he's now in. And it says, But he, beckoning unto them with the hand to hold their peace, declared unto them how the Lord had brought him out of the prison. And he said, Go show these things unto James and to the brethren. And he departed and went into another place. But he declared unto them how that the Lord had brought him out of the prison. You see, here is Peter's declaration. Here is his testimony, if you like. And being admitted into the house, he wants to give a word of testimony to the glory of God. I emphasized at the very beginning that verse 4 had said he was put into prison. And verse 5 said he was kept in prison. But Peter's declaration now is, the Lord has brought me out of the prison. With spiritual application, that's what the Lord does for the soul. The unconverted soul is held in the prison house of sin. But by the power of God, they can be delivered and they can be brought out of the prison house of sin. And they can have that testimony to the glory and praise of the Lord Jesus Christ for what he has done in their lives. It's great to have such a testimony. No longer servants of sin unto death, but servants of righteousness unto the Lord. Delivered by the power of Almighty God, new creatures in Christ Jesus, a trophy of grace to the Lord. A life changed and a life transformed by the power of God. Here is a message for us tonight. It's a message from the prison. And may God bless it to each of our hearts this evening.